Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, everyone. This is Jade Brand Days with Range Inc. I am the founder and CEO. Range is a mobile app for in real time on location professional networking. We're based out of West Hollywood. Right now, we're doing a lot of testing at events because that's one place where people are um, at the same place, um, all wanting to network with specific types of people. And so they can all use the platform at the same time. And this is why we're actually also launching just in a small area. That way, when people leave the event, they still have people to network with in whatever location that they may be. So a lot of times, you know, you're in line at Starbucks or Alfred's at West Hollywood, and you may never know that the person right in front of you is a writer at Lionsgate or whatnot. And it's be someone that you would want either as a mentor, maybe even pitch your script to one day. Okay, so as you guys know, I created We Are LA Tech, which unites the LA Tech community. And in We Are LA Tech, we have a mobile app that has every single event going on in Los Angeles, every single LA Tech event going on. I don't know if you know about that. Do you? Yeah, I knew you had yeah various yeah. events around you. Yeah. And so if we got in touch on your behalf, like with organizers and stuff of the events, would you then supply these organizers an added value at their events or is that competitive or is that exactly what you're doing? That's exactly what we're doing. So and I'm so glad you brought that up because, yes, for the most part, we are a consumer facing app. So we help the we would mainly help the attendees have a better experience at the event with higher engagement levels. So usually when people go to an event, there's maybe 100 people there and you'd be lucky if out of the 15 business cards you end up collecting, one of them ends up in a true partnership, whatever that may be, right. um, colleagues, clients, whatnot. Um, but in addition to that engagement and increasing the number of quality partnerships formed at an, at an event, we actually also supply the event host data even after the event ends. So because... Th- This app, unlike any other event app, which is usually just downloaded for that particular event, is usually then deleted after the event ends and all that data is lost. So 
with Range, because it is a consumer-facing app that works in all locations, not just events, we can still track how these partnerships are being formed, when these partnerships are being formed from their attendees. That That's way, so cool. Okay, let's go into um, where Range is today and then your history and the history of your team to really be the team to um, to make this company uh, the best it can be. Um, so mm-hmm. tell me, where where is Range today? Let's start there. So we launched an open beta version for our users today on the App Store, focusing on iOS and then building from there. Um, so we've been testing at various events um, here I'm in so LA. About that, I want to see you at all the <laughs> LA events. I'm like so geeked on it. Yeah, it'll help you just sift through the noise, and you yeah. can just beeline it directly yeah. to you know the five out of the hundred people that you need to meet. It's, yeah, it's pretty helpful. <laughs> um. Yeah, so focusing on an, on events right now in a very localized area, especially West Hollywood. That way, when they leave the event, there are still people in their area to um, network with on location because it is a very location-based app. Right. So unlike a lot of other um, networking platforms that are mobile and geofenced, they're geofenced by mileage radius and not specifically to location. Right. Um, and so then cool. we'll be expanding outward from there, coming over to Santa Monica and to the tech industry. Right now, we have a focus on the entertainment industry Yeah. Um, since it is West Hollywood and that's my background. Hey, everyone. My name is Jennifer Miller and I am the founder of Justice Tickets, where passionate fans can find secondary tickets at a price they can actually afford. We are based out of downtown Los Angeles, So the company started out as my thesis project. I was with Boston University's Media Ventures Program. And so it was a little mix between like an MBA and media studies. And it was always kind of just like pick something you love because it's going to be with you. Yeah. And so I just sat down and I was like, what's something that makes me mad every day? Right. And I think starting there and even before like sitting in classes of that's kind of where you should start really helped me like find something that I loved and I wanted to work hard on it. And it wasn't just a classroom project. It became something that I was like, wait, this could actually be something. Yeah. So it went from that and to where we are now with a little bit of encouragement from professors and other people that I met. And why was it something that made you so angry? Why feel that much passion for this? For me, a random pain point, a random industry. Where where did that come from? I know that I've missed out on sales so many times. They happen at weird times or sales. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's I had something to do or I didn't have enough money in my account that day, but it was coming. Right. Right. And I'd be like, OK, I'm ready. Like, let me go check and. It went from, yeah, I can afford these tickets to like, okay, this is not even possible. And it was just so frustrating. And then to see my friends when they needed to sell a ticket that they knew that their artists would talk about like, hey, don't use these sites. Like, we don't want them to exist. So they would turn to their Facebooks or to Reddit to try to like sell tickets. Right. And oftentimes just end up eating that cost and then no one's at the show. Yeah. So it's just people want to be there and we could fill these seats better. And that means better things for venues and better things for artists. And 
we just have to kind of stick up for the fans more instead of just people that want to make some money. And when did you develop like a love for music? I mean, I think uh, we just as being a human, you're crazy if you don't love music. But when did you notice music played a more significant role in your life? I think the first time when it really kind of clicked with me was when I was old enough to realize what different music tastes my parents had and that I could see that my sister just stuck with my mom and I'd bounce back and forth. Like I wanted to listen to everything that my dad listened to and I wanted to listen to everything that my mom listened to and I wanted my friends to give me music and it wasn't just like one genre and anything and I would just sit and I would take the pamphlets out of CDs and just read about things that I didn't even understand. I had no idea what all of the production like credits and everything meant but I was like it was just like I want to know more about these people. And it was weird that it never translated to me wanting to make music. Yeah. I just wanted to absorb it and then share it with people. I think that's one of the most fun conversations you can have with people is like, not just like, oh, who's your favorite artist, but kind of tell me about like songs that really mean something to you. Like it got you through something. It makes you think of something in your life. Hi, I'm Melanie Crystal. I'm the founder and CEO of Laurels. We are a consumer products company that empowers women to say yes to oral sex. We are based in downtown Los Angeles. My first thought is that I tend to think that baby steps are helpful. Um, And I think that with Laurels, We are trying to create lots of different kinds of content that eases people into the conversation that we're having. Um, We've tried to avoid having posts that are just 100 percent about oral sex. Right. Um, And like on Instagram, for example, if we have a really sexy image, then we've tried to sort of like moderate that a little bit by having a slightly less uh, sexy content because we're trying to reach every woman. We're not just trying to reach women who are incredibly comfortable with their bodies and with their sexuality. And I think that for a lot of women, um, it can sometimes be shocking to get some pretty like explicitly sexual content on your feed. Um, So we are trying to, you know, take a route that hopefully avoids the flagging. Um, We've only been live on social media for about two or three weeks, um, and I, I'm not aware if we've faced that yet, crossing fingers that we haven't. Um, but I think that if we introduce people to things um, kind of one step at a time, right. then eventually we will be able to hit the like enormous societal change that I think many of us want to exist. Yeah. Um, And so like part of the goal of laurels is to make oral sex more of a comfortable topic within society. And I think that probably, you know, in addition to the stigma of sexuality in general, there's also, I think, an even harder stigma against oral sex because it's such an intimate activity. And I think that particularly when it says related to women's pleasure, that's all it's related to, right? Like when a woman is receiving oral sex, it's all about her. 
And that's what's so empowering and amazing about it. But I think also it makes society uncomfortable, you know, women's pleasure and women's sexuality in general. Now, is this mainly because I find having traveled in other countries, I find, you know, America is a bit more closed off to that topic of conversation than, let's say, Europe. Mm -hmm. So have you found the same thing or have you seen that there's commonalities between the two cultures that there's just this taboo-esque energy around the topic? I I think it absolutely differs from country to country. And the United States is one of, you know, several sexual wellness markets. And it's certainly not the largest. You know, Europe has a huge sexual wellness market. And, you know, New Zealand, for example, which you mentioned earlier, like apparently the most dildos are sold per capita in New Zealand. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to stay out of there. (laughs) Um, But like, that's just how do you even know that? I, I have no idea how I know that, but um, so random. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, with help from Janice Geronimo, edited by Corey Jennings, production and voiceover by Adam Carroll, and music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.